Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe that? Does anybody here believe that? We are from Arkansas, no. <laughs> So we're back with episode 53, and we're in a space right now. Uh-oh. We're out of grandkids. Ooh. So, okay. yes, more will be born. They're not done, but we can't just keep going as we were, where it's just like a name every week. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what we do. <laughs> I don't Damn. know what we do now. I don't know if there's something else I can think of that would be, there'd be so many things that we could run through a list of them. I don't know. Right. So nothing comes to mind for me right away. I might have to think about it longer, but I can't think of anything. It'll be like, oh, let's, that's the new thing. Because first, well, we started about like, I think we were a good like 17 episodes in before I thought of naming it after the kids. So we mm. missed it in the beginning. Right. So first we did kids and then we transitioned to grandkids. And I'm like, now what? Spouses? Maybe, maybe. Because there's a lot of them. That's true. We could do the spouses. So maybe we do spouses. Okay. We could. Yeah. So this would... If this is the first spouse episode, this would be an Anna episode? This would be the Anna <laughs> episode. Yeah, I guess we can do spouses. And that'll run out pretty soon, too, because of... <laughs> but it gives us time. But it gives us a little time. Because then I was like, what do I do next? I'm like, do I just start doing like something about pop culture from that time that they would right. disapprove of? Which Ooh, might be... I mean, funny. we're going to run out of anything at some point. Yeah. So that could be something we still do. Maybe we'll just run with spouses for now. Mm-hmm. We'll just do spouses, and then we will convene later, um, and decide. You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll have a democracy and um, have some voting or something. Mm-hmm. But all I could think of is like, okay, so let's take like the date of the episodes, mm-hmm. and then be like, what is something like a music, like a movie that was big, or a song that was big, or a On trend the day that, that was during that time that they would find defrauding, or mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty so. good. But yeah, so I guess this is the Anna episode, <laughs> and we're recapping Duggars on a Diet, which mm-hmm. premiered September 22nd of 2009. So we're on the correct disc now, but it, everything's still out of order. So they're really fucking- Lack of diligence. It is. They're shit in the bed all over the place with these DVDs, let me tell you. I need to look I need to send an email. I need to like be like a Judy and like send an email to this company about how awful their oh, diligence man. is. <laughs> so this episode starts off pretty strong with Johanna beating on Jackson. Yep. Like she he's grabbing for something she's playing with or has and homegirl goes in on him. Mm-hmm. Like closed fist but not punching. 
the only way I can think of to describe it, maybe you have a better way to describe it, it's almost like hammer style, almost just like, because like beating like down, almost yeah. like when you're playing, um, what's that game? Bubblegum, bubblegum in a dish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you got your little thing and you hit your chin and like their thing mm. and like the way you kind of like beat down. Yeah. That's what she's doing. It's not like punch forward. Mm-hmm. But she's she's going in on him hammer yeah. style. Um, And she says, you stop it. So she is like not fucking having it, beating on Jackson. Yep. And in a talking head, Cannon says, I think children will express themselves in ways that sometimes adults probably would like to, but they just know better not to do that. And they have to learn that that's not acceptable. Children expressing themselves is not acceptable. Frowned upon. Yep. So they're getting back from their month-long road trip, So, which kind of shows how out of order yeah. this filming versus premiering is. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get back into their normal swing of things um, after being gone for so long. And in the next scene, Lego is holding toilet... Uh, like, he's holding, like, a... You, do you call that an auger? I think that's how I know it being called. A toilet yeah. auger. Because it's, like, the one... It's not the plunger. It's the thing that you it's rotate. Yeah. But, yeah. like... You need to, like, snake your drain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the machine, you... You hand crank, crank it, it. Yeah. okay mm-hmm. um but it was a very good shot of the cell phone belt clip so yes it square was there because they have an extremely clogged toilet that he's been plunging but it's about to over- overflow everywhere and um they you know they would cause a, of course a huge mess so it's time to take that next step mm-hmm. with the snake and um, just it's Justin actually. He says mm-hmm. that he saw a huge wad of toilet paper in it, and like Lego's like it was you, and uh, Cannon's like no, no, it wasn't him. Like he saw like a big wad of toilet paper. He was throwing blame around. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you caught this, but t- Ginger was sitting next to Justin through all of this. Did you see mm-hmm. the Ginger face? No, I didn't actually. It's kind of just like that where she, because Ginger has this thing where I feel like she's kind of like me, where even when she doesn't mean to have a look on her face, she does. So I think she's honestly just kind of listening to the back and forth, but it's like kind of like eye rolly as she goes back and forth and just like the, yeah. the general disinterest is very apparent. <laughs> so now they're in the bathroom and they censor the toilet with a black box and the word nasty written over it. <laughs> but they don't put it over quite in time, like quite fast enough. Okay. So for a split second, you catch a good glimpse of the Duggar poop soup. Did you see oh, it? Oh, no, I yeah. didn't. No. Just like they don't do it quite fast enough. Okay. So Jamesy Bug is in the bathroom with Lego and he's covering his nose with a towel. You touched your nose. A time that I will accept it. <laughs> I'm not going to go, I'm not going to rail this time about touching your nose. <laughs> on the, uh, on the, on Instagrams, I did a mash um, version of J- Jessa touching her nose. My favorite thing from that scene from mash was when they're still in the OR and when Chester's like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do and here. And everybody yell, goes, yeah. Don't, don't touch, touch your, your nose. nose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Jamesy Bug has the towel over his nose. And mm-hmm. OJ Jed says, it stinks like diarrhea. <laughs> and TLC has now updated the text on that sensor box to extremely nasty. Yeah. So it has been escalated. 
Michelle says that they had countless matchbox cars go down the toilet and mm-hmm. one time even a whole apple. A whole apple. Which actually takes me back to, so my last job was for a school district and I worked in food and nutrition and I, I did catering and shit, but then there's other parts where I was involved with like the schools and whatever because I did training and things. But at one of our high schools, the administration came to us and we're like, you need to stop giving out whole fruit. You can't, these kids can't have apples anymore because they were doing the same shit. They were putting the apples in the toilet. And we're like, you, you get rid of the apples, then they're going to put the bagged apples down there. They're gonna, I'm like, there's always going to be fucking something. Yeah. I'm like, you, you just get rid of apples and they're going to find <laughs> something, you know? So they were like, well, we just cannot have these apples at lunch. Oh, my goodness. Um. Anyway, so it works and Jim Bob gets the toilet unclogged. Mm-hmm. So... The extremely nasty starts to go down. It's going to be downgraded back to just nasty. Just nasty, yeah. I feel like it's probably nasty at all times. <laughs> a little bit with so many people using that toilet, you know? Mm-hmm. So in the next scene, um, it's it's less shitty, but it's because it's all about our girl, Johanna. And she says, I'm Johanna Duggar. I like to play. <laughs> and I just wanted to point out that she is wearing a Winnie the Pooh dress. Mm, but they got it used, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yeah. But I would think that, like, you know, Winnie the Pooh is not allowed. No. Remember, even Heather from Shiny, Shiny Happy People said that a lot of them weren't allowed to because Eeyore glorified depression. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know, there's that, that ongoing joke that um, Winnie the Pooh characters all represent something. Like, the owl's yeah. a narcissist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> piglet has anxiety. I'm a piglet. Um <laughs> Like, you know, ADHD is Tigger. Like, you know. <laughs> the glutton, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, I was like, um, I doubt they even watched to them. It's just like, look at this little bear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but he is I... defrauding. He's wearing no pants. <laughs> is that allowed? That's my look. <laughs> um, There was a thing I would like to go back to. At the end of the scene, once they got the toilet fixed, there's a baby cannon. Uh talking head or no not talking head she's still in the kitchen but she says being a first time mom it would have things like that would have wiped me out and it was just the thing where i understand the sentiment she's saying that like they've dealt with this a lot but i completed her quote by putting and now i have daughters to take care of this shit exactly but that's the thing there's a lot of things that you'll that she'll say in context that it's just like a parent side you could understand Mm -hmm. but all of it gets negated when you actually take into account their lifestyle yeah (laughs) and their children doing all the work like you know like all you're like what you're saying is true for regular parents yeah (laughs) not for you you're in a different Mm -hmm. class all your own like so, yeah, when she just talks about, like, other times where she's talked about, like, being tired, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> What's well, It's just you, all, like, like. Not saying that she can't be tired as a human, but we're saying that you've got, the only reason you're not doing everything is because you're putting it off on your children. Right. This does go back to, like, the documentary when they were talking about how TLC framed it, where it was like, oh, you can find nuggets of wisdom from this family because of the way they do things. I mm-hmm. think this is something where they were like, we're going to frame this like she's a really, really, really good, solid parent. But you've pawned off a lot of your stuff straight onto your kids. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. So after Johanna is in her defrauding shirt with the half uh, no pants to poo, 
Um, where am I? Oh, okay. So now we see a montage of her playing and she's like jumping on the bed. And Cannon says that Johanna is full of energy. She loves life. She's usually moving all the time and very busy. Mm-hmm. She's at that place in life. I mean, she's just that age. And so she keeps us all on her toes, on our toes. And when people make the comment, how do you stay so young or whatever? <laughs> it's because chasing these little guys around, trying to keep up with them. And I think that really does keep you young. So she's really pushing this whole, it keeps you young. <laughs> but I'd argue that this is actually aging the ones who are really in charge all the time. Mm-hmm. Which this- is which is kind of uh, for like shadowing of the end of this episode for me. Like when you, you're, you know, princification is something that we've talked about, which is huge in that group. But then also like there's just things where like you sh- as a, as a teenager, they shouldn't be worrying about some of these things. Yeah. And someone made a comment that I was like, yeah, you're totally right. In the, in, when I posted the visuals in a video of when they were at the Capitol, it was, um, Jill wearing like Jennifer or something, Jennifer or Jordan, like wearing the baby. And people are like, that just, someone was like, that makes me so sad. I'm like, you're, it's totally mm-hmm. right. Like, why is the mom not wearing the baby Yeah. when she gets to stand there and talk to, you know, Boozman and uh, it's Jill that's wearing yeah. a baby. Mm-hmm. And then Jessa that has the sleeping Johanna on her. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it all hits really different when you really stop and think about it. And I think when it's when it's isolated, you don't think about it because it'll be a thing of, um, oh, your older child is pushing the stroller when you're out and about. Or um, if that happened and you were at like an amusement park and you're like, oh, look, the, the teenager's wearing the kid. But like when that's their lives, when that's expected. Yeah, like, it's not isolated. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah. It's not. Let me take care of the child for you, mom, so you can have a break. It's. Yeah. I'm the That's mom. <laughs> the only way they can operate is if right. this is what happens. Yeah. So you could look at anything in a glimpse. And then that's why her canon saying these little things about parenthood or whatever mm-hmm. aren't wrong when you take them in little small bits in context, like directly in that moment. But the mm-hmm. bigger context, it's where you lose everyone. Yeah. And I actually put that part of that was Duggar splaining because it we've talked about Duggar splaining in the you know on the bingo board are you trying to get a bingo here i'm not even remotely close to a bingo but i feel like it's a valid spot all right and it's just that same idea where it's like they're explaining it but they don't understand like the context around it like for other people you know we can do a dug explaining (laughs) did you already cover your score yeah Oh, oh, I had not Oh, we had I did even it ag- right before I made this we, point. We hadn't even gonna... agreed upon it. And he's already covering. Okay, got yeah, it. I, Whatever. I thought this I was, was that. I was that sure of myself. Okie dokie. So Jim Bob asks, um, like he's asking Johanna what her favorite th- thing to do is. And she says, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't either. So good on you, Annie. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. Oh, which, by the way, um, just because I just feel like this whole thing is an our girl, Johanna. This episode is it, it an is our girl, Johanna. It is panty heavy. Um, yeah, we'll get like, we'll, we'll keep going. But I think this is an our girl, Johanna. Yeah. And then he asks, uh, what's your favorite food? And she says beans. <laughs> Damn right she does. So I guess she's moved on from yogurt. And now <laughs> she's a she's a fan of the grande bag of beans. Yep. So are you. Yep. I have boom, boom. 
Um, she's matured. Her palate has evolved. Like yogurt is like kid shit. Beans yeah. is like mature. So I just think I just love it. She's just like beans. <laughs> so she's wearing a backpack and she's just marching around the house. She opens the fridge and she looks around, probably looking for beans. <laughs> and Michelle says, I don't think she really crawled for very long. She just started climbing everything, everything that she could grab a hold of. We were constantly having to watch her, watch for her. Huh. <laughs> because she'd be sitting on top of a table. We'd turn her right around and she'd be on top of the table and she really had not mastered walking. But Michelle says that Johanna learned very early um, how to crawl like out of her bed and out of playpens and would jump off everything. And this whole time that she's explaining this, they're showing Johanna like just continued footage of her hanging off the bars of the bunk bed with like where her feet and her hands are all on one bar. So she's like mm-hmm. swinging herself, jumping off stuff, climbing ladders. That ladder that's, that's in, the, in boys. the middle of the room. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the boys' room. So she's, you know, just climbing up on counters, doing all sorts of stuff. I like when she had like, she was up in like the, the crawl space and she was throwing stuffed animals onto the ground in front of the ladder. And then I was like, I know exactly where her headspace is. And Jim Bob at one point's like, hey, hey, don't be don't be throwing those things from down there. And she still just like keeps hucking this pile of stuffed animals. She was thinking a landing spot. And she did. She <laughs> was climbing down the ladder. And then about halfway down, she jumped into the pile of stuffed animals. And I was like, I knew where that was going. And I was here for it. Yep. So our our girl, she really got a feature this episode. <laughs> like this whole like little, it was longer than it might sound. But it was a good little feature. And um, they just finally, I guess, realized her star quality. My her. star quality. That's a nanny reference. <laughs> I was uh, her. I made the joke that I'm like her agent must have been like, we got to get, we got to get JH more screen, more screen time, you know. Yeah. Well, she did, and she rocked this whole little segment. <laughs> so, our girl, that's our girl. Mm-hmm. With her little, her little feats. I just love, I, I say that all the time. We have a lot of Johanna isms now. Like, our whole life is references and isms. Lots of True. isms from my family, lots mm-hmm. of isms from my nieces, which is my family. <laughs> but I meant like my childhood and then like yeah. my nieces and my nephews and stuff. And now we got Johanna's mm-hmm. isms. She's right in there. Like, randomly, I, I now say, My feats is little. My feats is little. From when they went scaping. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> my feats is little. <laughs> yeah. So next we see Joy sitting in the computer room with a non-Dugger girl. Yeah. And Joy whispers to her, your dad is here. And then she, the girl says, hi, dad. And then the camera points to Soundman Jim. And mm-hmm. he says, hi, Kate. And actually, he has both his daughters along hanging mm-hmm. out. Katie and Mary Dare. Mary I've never Dare. Heard, I've never heard that name before. That's a new one for me. And it's spelled like Christmas. Mary. Mary. M-E-R-R-Y. And then Dare, like the program to keep you off drugs. Yep. yep. Mary Dare. Mary Dare. But I'm assuming they're there because it's summertime. So they probably are like, oh, we can go with our dad to work. You know, right. Or whatever. So. <laughs> and I think we get a Joy Sass square. What do you I think? I agree. I'm glad, okay. you, I'm glad you said that because I agree. Because the camera, so now Mary Dare and Joy, it looks like, I mean, Joy's wearing something different, so it's either a different day, different time, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're like standing in the like hallway, and um, 
the camera guy asks Joy and Katie, are you guys having fun? To which Joy replies with quite some sassafras, I might add. <laughs> True. Saying, of course not. Does it look like it? And then they like run off. Ooh. She's getting spicy, that yep. Joy. <laughs> um, so- if you heard that little jingle, that's Mildred. Yes. Mildred's here to um, help me keep track of audio. Yep. She's watching the screen like a good little girl. She legit like sits on the arm of the chair that I record in and just kind of stares. Little professional, professional podcaster. So Katie says that they're just so nice, and Mary Dare says that they have great morals and all help each other all the time. <laughs> and Katie says she's just having so much fun with Joy, and she doesn't want to leave. So Joy's probably thrilled to have another girl her age mm-hmm. because she's got all the lost boys, and she has yep. fun on her. Uh, like you know, like Joy looks like she enjoys and has fun, but she's probably thrilled to have. Because like we said, she's she's stuck in that middle area where all of her other sisters are all much older. So Mm -hmm. glad Joy had a little friend for a bit. Yeah. Um. So apparently they are learning manners. So Cannon has this tally list that has all the kids' names and then columns that say stuff like "my pleasure" or "yes sir" or "yes Mm ma'am," and they're working on their manners. And she's tracking this all on a chart. And then Jana talks about how the founder of Chick-fil-A, of course, I mean, it's like right up there with Hobby Lobby, right? Um, she talks about the founder wanting the employees to say my pleasure when people say thank you. And so Cannon was, you know, really just liked that and ran with it because it teaches them to have a servant's heart. Right. Which that was also like um, Waldorf Astoria hotels, which isn't just those hotels. Like it's a... Like their Brand management bigger. company, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. one of their things too. Is like there's definite verbiage you use with guests, and one of them is my pleasure. Yeah, but I mean they're probably not Christian enough, so Chick Fil A <laughs> it is. So next we see the older girls making lunch, which consists of pizza, corn, and green beans. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Michelle is fishing tomato chunks out of a can. Mm-hmm. And while she's doing it, she's talking about how Lego asked her what she wants to do for their anniversary. And she tells him that she wants him to go with her to the Weight Watchers meeting that night. How romantic. Yeah. yeah. And as everyone else is sitting down to eat their pizza, Lego is sitting there eating a plate of canned tomatoes mm-hmm. and says, I'm just starting my diet. Talking head cannon says, I think it kind of... I think it kind of caught him by surprise. He really didn't think he'd ever have to worry about that, you know. He could always eat a chocolate chip cookie and whatever and not have to think about it. So Jim Bob says in 25 years being married, he's gained 25 pounds. And that like, you know, a pound a year doesn't sound like much, but Michelle says it's time to slim down. So now Lego comes out holding hand weights. And he tells Cannon how she's going to start exercise, how he's going to start exercising too. And she says, muscle weighs more than fat. So I think you're going to gain weight if you start doing that. Which definitely gives the vibe that she cares more about the number <laughs> than anything. You know what I mean? Like, mo- surprise, like, surprise. Yeah. And then, but I think she kind of catches that in the moment. Because mm-hmm. then she kind of follows it up a little bit later with, it's about health anyways. Uh, more exercise. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
it's she cares about the number. She's like, fuck mm-hmm. out you and your fucking muscles. She wants a lower number on the scale. Right. <laughs> um. Also, this whole time she's feeding baby Jordan solids. It looks like oatmeal. Mm-hmm. As she's laying completely flat on her back on the couch. <laughs> and everything I've ever been taught is not to do that. Yeah. Now, when they're little... With like milk and stuff, it's like because because it, it could lead to like ear infections. Mm-hmm. But as they're like little like that, it's harder for them to like swallow and they can easily like choke and like choke, stuff like yeah. that. So it's mm-hmm. like, but I'm like, you're this many fucking kids in and you're feeding them thick ass oatmeal. It's not even really thinned down very much. It's pretty thick. You're <laughs> feeding them thick ass oatmeal while they lay flat on their back. A little rough. So um, then he tells Michelle, in a few months you probably won't even recognize me. To which she. Th- either actually finds hilarious or is <laughs> or nervously laughing. Yeah, I don't know. Because she can't stop fucking giggling, but it's like, I don't know. It um, seemed forced. Yeah, and Let's he's like, real. he's like, I really got you that time. So he's he's into the giggles, I Damn, guess. She is throwing him a bone there. Yep. Well, they're about to go to a romantic Weight Watchers anniversary meeting. So <laughs> weight anniversary Watchers, wait, yes. The this anniversary is their foreplay. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um... And she says that she thinks it takes a little longer than a few months. And um, so he tries to be funny. I mean, keyword tries. by He's like grunting and pumping his little weights. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. It's a little awkward. Yeah. So now we see their car driving to the Weight Watchers meeting. And it is kind of funny. It's like a small like sedan, which like you're not used to seeing. <laughs> like them yeah. just like drive somewhere in a car, like yeah, a regular. Yeah, so you see them driving, and then when they arrive in the parking lot, it's not just Lego and Cannon, but Jana as well. Oh, man. Can I talk about how sad that made me? Yeah, do you want like, to talk about it now or as we get into what she says? Just throughout it. It just, it was, it was rough to watch. Well, she says, Jana began doing it back years ago, but to really get to be a part of going and being a part of the weight loss program... I think it really inspired her to really dig in and understand more about making wise choices in food. And she loves it. <laughs> Why'd you have to yell that part? <laughs> but it's like, oh, you know, she loves it. It's the same way that they're like, oh, well, they love taking care of all the kids. They love cooking all the meals. They mm-hmm. love cleaning the whole house. They love it. She loves Weight Watchers. I mean, it probably started because she was excited to get out of the damn house. That's exactly my thought. I wrote, I said, probably, I wrote, uh, my little thing says, probably loves night off. <laughs> That's, but seriously, she's like, oh, fucking sweet, once a week, because it's like weekly meetings, right? Yeah. Once mm-hmm. a week, she gets to fucking leave the kids to Jill and Ginger and Jessa, <laughs> and she's like, sweet. Yeah. She'd rather sit in a fucking Weight Watchers meeting than be at home. That's sad. But... So, Jana would be roughly 19 at this point. If she started going, what did she say? Back years ago. Mm -hmm. You were bringing your minor teenage daughter to Weight Watchers meetings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, at a time in life where it's already hard enough, just just hard enough dealing yeah. with your body and your emotions and this and comparisons. In let, a repressive culture. Let, let me take you... To Weight Watchers meetings. Yeah. But, you know, she loves it, and it's about making wise food choices. Oh, but, you know. Right. That's all. And not, you know, I do feel like there is a level of difference just because they aren't 
consuming media. They aren't, you know, she's not going to school with like other girls her age that are, you know, applying or boys her age, like applying social pressure. But it's still rough, like regardless of all of those things. And yeah, that was what bothered me about this entire thing was that exact idea. You're bringing your your impressionable teenage daughter, teenage daughter, to and being like this is what's important. Yeah, it seems par for the IBLP course, but it sucks. Yep. Mm -hmm. So as Cannon is recapping how at the time, so this kind of shows how it goes backwards. Mm -hmm. She's saying how at the time of of this being filmed, where she had Lego start coming with her, was when she was wasn't able to get like weight off that she was trying to lose, and then find then finally found out she was pregnant. So this is why it's backwards. Mm. But now that she's pregnant, she says her goal isn't to lose weight, but to be an encouragement to Jim Bob. So Jim Bob is, you know, being being a Lego head. Mm. And um, he's trying to get more of a discount for joining. <laughs> God, yeah. After the lady has already explained the discount that he's getting. Like it was mm -hmm. something like it would be 12 something a week and now it's $10 a week. And mm -hmm. so it would be this and now it's this, blah, blah, blah. Like when she does it over the course of the month. Mm -hmm. And um, he's still trying to get more. He's like, and is there a discount? And she says, that is your biggest, she says, biggest discount. <laughs> like, he's just constantly trying. Like, he'll never stop. No. Um, and, you know, we just see wonderful things, like a sign that says, Declaration of Thin Dependence, mm, July yeah. 2009. Gross. And clearly people have signed it. Like, it's like the... Mm -hmm signers of the declaration so you know that's great let's just take our fucking teenage daughter here and we're gonna sign the declaration of thin dependence it's awful uh, and then lego reads off um because they're in line and he's showing the camera like his little pocket guide that they've given him and there's mm -hmm. a sticker on the front that he he reads and also shows to the camera and it says if you bite it write it if you nibble it scribble it if you snack it, track it. If your choice is green, it will help make you lean. Because, you know, thinness and leanness is the ultimate goals in life. Well, yeah. What else is there to be but thin? So, you know. And not having to raise your own children. You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Just great messaging all around. <laughs> so, Lego weighs in at 208 pounds. And they tell him his goal weight range is 147 to 184. 147 is excessive. Insanity. He's like 5'10", 5 5'11". 5 mm -hmm. That's insane. And even he is kind of like, 147? I haven't weighed that since middle school. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but you can go up to 184. You know, but it's like, yeah. that's, think of someone who, um, think of telling Jana a 40 pound weight range and thinking that she'll be like, Oh yeah, no, I'm to I'm at weight watchers already with my mother and I'm okay with being at the tippy top of this weight range. Right. Of course in your head, you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to be down here. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you could be up to here. It doesn't fucking matter. You're telling me, well, you could be down here, you know, yeah. and it would be fine. It'd be fine if you're 40 pounds less. God. <sighs> And I know those weren't Jana's numbers. I'm just putting yeah. them into. Mm -hmm. So as Michelle is being weighed, Lego tries to peek over 
and see. And she says, don't you dare. You're not allowed. And then she turns and points at the cameraman. And she says, don't turn that camera around. You keep that camera right up here. <laughs> so she's. It's a big it's a thing. secret. So then we see them sitting through the meeting where Lego says he's encouraged to see two other men in attendance. <laughs> and we listen to the lady do her spiel. Um, and then they actually put the camera on Soundman Jim, who's actually sitting in some chairs that are off to the side, like up against mm-hmm. the wall. Bored as fuck. Oh, yeah. Um, he even rolls his eyes a little. <laughs> and later he's sitting and it's... His head is back and his mouth is gaping open like mm-hmm. like he fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. So Soundman Jim is us in this scene. <laughs> now, the woman who's doing like the motivational speaking or like running this thing, you, you she reminded me of the women from Edward Scissorhands, like all the women from the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her name was Candy Miller or something. Candy I think, I think it was Candy Miller. And it was just because she she had this very much like saccharine, not real facade that she put out, and I want to know how she made how her ambrosia salad is. You know, my ambrosia salad. <laughs> we love Edward Scissorhands, oh, by the way. But so I feel like she was wearing this like pink, like uh sleeveless like zip up like vest type thing and i'm like you give her some white pants and some high heels and she would fit in with that housewives crowd you uh-huh. know in her pastel house <laughs> yeah. remember how all their houses were pastel yeah <laughs> so they interview this lady candy miller at the end and she's saying how it'll work if he attends the meetings and at one point like she can tell like, obviously, like, the cameraman is, like, making a face or, like, something like that. And she's like, is, is that a trick question? And in the background, as she's talking, Lego is eating a candy bar. Yep. So he's, like, blurry in the background, like, over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And the the camera guy's like, he's eating behind you. Um, But Lego has been putting on a show this entire time. Mm-hmm. From the time that they're in line... Like, with the lady that he's trying to, like, get more of a discount out of. He just stands there and he goes, I, I really love Reese's and, and Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. And, and, and I really like all sweets. And yep. then when they're talking to this lady, he's like, uh, they talked to her before the meeting. And he's just like, and I really love a Reese's and a Mountain Dew. <laughs> he has a list yeah. of go-tos. Yeah. And so then when she's talking to him after this whole, like, him eating the candy bar over her shoulder thing, she was like, well, I've talked to this gentleman twice. And both times he's brought up Reese's. They must be a favorite. <laughs> and then, um, but, he, you know, he, him with his little show, he's like, have you ever had a Snickers ice cream bar lately? And uh, she's just like, no. He's like, oh, you got to have one. But it's just like this shtick he's doing. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to show up to the weight loss meeting and be like, I really love Reese's. And Mountain Dew. <laughs> you ever had a Snickers ice cream bar recently? <laughs> like, I mean, like, woo, edgy. Oh, the, he's the edgy guy at the right. Weight Watchers meeting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And that's it that I have. Yep. I have the- no bingo. I have no bingo, but also Mildred was pawing at all of my pieces. So, so you have no idea. So, I mean, I could have won. We can just count it, you know. No. <laughs> She's over on my board now. She's moved. Yeah, she is. She's moved vintage TV trays. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard her too. Yep. The little jingle today. Yeah. The Weight Watchers part of this episode was a little horrific. Yep. A little um, bit. Bringing your fucking teenager. 
Yeah. Our girl, Johanna, made the Sh- episode lighter. Shining light, as always. Yep. Definitely the favorite part of this episode. Yep. But, I mean, aren't you thrilled to find out she loves beans? Well, I feel seen for the first time in this show. Yes. So. so a grande bag of beans. Yep. But. Okay. That's all I got. When we were talking about candy, I should have called her outfit a smock. Yeah, well, I was thinking, I actually thought that word and I didn't want to interrupt you. So. And while I was talking about it, I was like, what was it it's at the smock. end? Yep. Yeah, a smock. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Alrighty, Mildred. Mildred says, okay, we'll, we'll see you in a bit for the dig. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inspired by today's scenes of Canon, Lego, and Jana attending the Weight, weight Watchers meeting, mm-hmm. today's dig is going to be on weight, um, specifically weight control, in terms of what IBLP teaches about it. Okay. So when something's not going to happen now, it's going to happen later when you have to wait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Control. Control yep. the waiting. Yeah. And then when you wear a watch, that's Weight Watchers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be referring to an IBLP text titled Protect, a medical journal for the family. <laughs> 38 practical ways to achieve your proper weight. Proper, he says. Is medical in like quotation marks? It, it is not. <laughs> um, but um, it's proper. So um, good thing we've got good old Bill Gothard looking out. You know, he's just trying to protect you. Yeah. Uh, I will say that he does list a bunch of the doctors who are a part of this. Does it match like Doctor Diligence DDS? I, you know, I should at some point literally look up all of these like names and see if I can find anything. Maybe that's a future thing. If there's enough there, maybe I'll look into it. It's gonna be Doctor Cross and Doctor Rapture and Doctor Diligence DDS. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. So the heading in the very first page reads: Protect. A new, in quotations, new approach to health and care. And then it goes on to say the goal of this bulletin, because it's also, it seemed like it was like this protect thing, but then they included it later on as part of their basic care bulletins as well. Okay. Mm. So the goal of this bulletin is to present a medically accurate study on weight control that is completely consistent with scripture. This bulletin cannot and should not replace the counsel of a competent physician. So there's their little disclaimer. <laughs> and let's let's be real. Competent is subjective. <laughs> a doctor oh, that you think is competent is not necessarily somebody who Bill Gothard thinks, thinks is, is competent. competent. Yeah, it's yeah. very. <laughs> and just a little extra detail for anyone who might be interested. Not all of the IBLP materials I come across have a date in them, but this one actually does, and it says 1995, which I feel like we'll kind of get a vibe for (laughs) later. 
All right, diggers, where were you all in 1995? I was in kindergarten. <laughs> Some of you were not even born. Kindergarten. I or- was 11 years old, nine years old. I was nine. Mm. Yeah, I was born in you've 86. Been, you've been, you would have been like eight, nine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just for my other, you know, another um, train wreck TLC show that people might watch. <laughs> In Little People, Big World, it drives me fucking nuts because Amy says Kitty Garden. <laughs> See, once again, I was referencing MASH, yeah. where Radar calls it Kindy Garden. I think I can handle that better than Kitty Garden. <laughs> it's a little more acceptable. Okay, so this book is booklet, actually, um, is 39 pages long, which includes a checklist for understanding at the end and a calories and nutrients list for common foods, you know, like things like that, resources at the end. Ooh, it had an index. Right. (laughs) Um, So it's pretty long because... um, because this is part of their medical teachings. It does go into things like what is a calorie and talks about hypertension and diabetes and things like that. And I'm sure all those facts were real accurate. um, Yes. um, But also because we're not in sixth grade, like health class, I'm skipping over all that stuff. And I'm really just going to hone in on the biblical side of it, which really just means kind of like the, the shamey lens of all of this, where Bill Gothard is using the Bible to tell you that you need to be thin is what we're getting at. If you reference last episode, Shamey is uh, Famey's long-lost sister. Right? Uh, you know, that uh, Terry, um, you know, from his herpes-ridden romp with another woman. Yes, um, <laughs> Herpes-ridden romp. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, the fucking intro page. Jesus Christ, here we go. Um, I'm just going to pull a few excerpts from it. It starts off saying that the information in this booklet will explain aspects of God's design for your life, which directly affect your weight, and that diet and weight have always been important to God. Oh. He illustrates this by saying that food is mentioned in the first and last chapters of the Bible, as well as a major topic in many booklets in between. Which is, I think is a funny way to put it. Oh, it's in the first and last and in between. Like, instead of just being like, it's all throughout the Bible. Like, you know what I mean? I just thought that was a funny way to put it. Like, it's trying to give itself more credence than it actually It started had. it with it, and it ended with it, and it was in the middle. <laughs> oh, was there a word Was there a word count he needed to, like, fill through? And he's like, how do I do this? I just thought it was a really funny way to put it. No. Um, and then this part, the intro, it ends saying, quote, please note that true weight control is not achieved overnight. As you read and apply the following concepts, you will find that true weight control is the byproduct of scriptural living and requires patient, disciplined consistency over time in order to be fully achieved. With this understanding, we invite you now to join us in discovering the rich insights of scripture Regarding weight control. Wow. So he's turning religious text into like a how-to guide. Yes. and it, But he's it's very like rah-rah, like woo, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like he's attempting to make it sound like positive and upbeat. <laughs> but right out of the gate, they're setting the stage for like guilt and shame, right? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. So it's like God cares about your weight, so you need to care about it too. <laughs> And your weight is directly linked to scriptural living. So basically, if you're fat, you're not living a biblical life. 
Isn't that like? But I mean, according to Lego hair, I mean, God created Mountain Dew and Reese's and, and Reese's. Yeah, you know, he loves the Reese's and a Snickers ice cream bar. So the first section is titled "Properly Approaching Weight Control." And the first subsection of that is discover how and why your weight is important to God, which underneath it, it says God has much to say about obesity. Oh, my. Now, I really don't want this to be like me reading Ginger's book where I completely zone out reading scriptures over and over. (laughs) So I'm not going to read all the Bible verses throughout this um, because. He, he because he gives it's more about the context around it to me yeah. because that to me that's what it's important. We know he pulls random ass verses and twists their meaning and whatever mm-hmm. the fuck he wants to do to feel like the actual verses. You know what I mean? Like he just yeah. does whatever he wants. So I feel like the actual verses don't mean so much, um, and almost in a way kind of sort of take you out of it because you get stuck in that like biblical like jargon Jargon, you know what i mean like you i feel like it just pulls you out Mm -hmm. so i'm not really going to read all the verses but just kind of explain the context around it so you're not going to give us the exact scripture you're going to give us the pray by pray that's pretty good that's pretty fucking funny (laughs) hit me with the pray by pray i'm doing just that uh okay so on that note he references the first time that the word fat is found in the bible and then he goes on to say that several other references follow throughout the Bible that make it clear Ooh. that the obesity of God's people was a contributing factor to their wickedness and idolatry. Okay. So, you know, this is where we're headed, folks. Um, <laughs> fat is a road to wickedness and idolatry. <laughs> and I'm assuming it's always fat with F, not PH. Correct. This is in 1995, so that was definitely like <laughs> slang of the Real time. Real fat. <laughs> it's, yeah. Remember Fat Farm? Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Take you back. Um, so this next section, I think it really gets the ball rolling even more with the shamey language. It's titled, Realize that the struggles of your soul distinctly affect your weight. It talks okay. <laughs> it talks about how emotions can affect your whole your health more than diet and then goes on to use like your face flushing or your mouth going dry as examples of physical reactions in your body due to your emotions. See par for the course. The initial thing that was said in that statement is not wrong. Emotions definitely can. affect. Yeah. But then you just ruined it. (laughs) Yep. So then it states, similarly, weight problems often have their roots in problems of the soul. Ooh. After extensive research with obese female patients, a 1994 medical journal stated, a significant positive relationship was found between binge eating and the degree of psychiatric symptomology. Simply put, these women were suffering in their bodies for what they were unable to cope with in their souls. Now, out in our world, you might just hear this referred to as stress eating or emotional eating. Mm-hmm. But here, he has to add on that extra layer of shame to it by referring to it as problems of the soul. <laughs> Which I feel, I don't, you, you tell me if you agree, uh, I feel has a much more negative tone, you know, to it. 
And it's not just like, oh, I'm struggling with emotional eating. It's like, is there a problem with my soul? Like, it's so much more, Mm -hmm. like, deep. Like, they make it so, Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, like, I, 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 I have emotional eating, you know, tendencies. No, there's a problem with my soul. It reminds me a lot of when you talk about um, your upbringing and the whoever, I don't remember who it was, but the older woman that was told that she, if she was righteous enough, she'd be around for Jesus' second coming. Yeah. And then when she died and that didn't happen, you were like, she died thinking she wasn't good enough. Yeah. That's what this sounds like. Like, I'm not saying that emotional eating is not a factor in weight gain. Like, it happens. We're we're a big raising bag of, Raising my hand. We're, we're giant bags of chemicals. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to affect things. But, God, how awful is that if you were like... I'm going to try to eat better so I'm healthy, or if it's a decision that you make that you want to try to lose weight, if if that's what you want to do. But the fact that there's this underlying thing of you thinking something is wrong with your soul, your soul. or your faith, you are not enough, and that's why you're in this scenario, is yep. fucking manipulative, yep, and it's I so, hate it. It's so fucked up. Like It's just another thing for you to sit there and mind fuck to death about what you're doing wrong. And... and- the fact that other people that buy into this can now hold themselves above you if they weigh less than you do. I must be, uh, must not have as many problems with my soul as you. <laughs> For yeah. real, it's awful. <laughs> yes. I think we're getting down to why the Weight Watchers scene with them taking Jana there pissed me off. Oh, so yeah. Much. I mean, I, it pissed me off not was... knowing any of this. And then you get into this and you're just like, oh, it just gets worse. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the next section is titled, No Diet Can Truly Help If You Fail to Complete This Step. And it tells you that you need to overcome the hidden enemies of proper weight. Oh, man. Do you notice the dramatic, the (laughs) strong dramatic language? Wickedness, your soul, your enemies. It's just so dramatic. Mm -hmm. Of course. So then it gives these three statements that I'll just kind of like um, summarize. So the first talks about being hurt by someone and finding yourself rehearsing what you wish you could say to them to make them realize how much they've damaged you and just like kind of wanting to punish them for what they've done. The second is talks about having made major mistakes in life to the point of not being able to look certain people in the eye from guilt and also having depression. And the third is about being worried and afraid and not able to make decisions. All a ginger. Doesn't that sound like ginger? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Then it tells you that if you can relate to any of these three scenarios, quote, you may very well be in a situation that began when you agreed to believe the lies of Satan. Damn. The strongholds, which result, can become his secret weapons to hinder you from proper weight. So now Satan is involved in your weight, too. Don't you have anything better to do, <laughs> Satan? Oh, uh, so many factors, you know. Can I blame Wickedness, the fact that... Wickedness, idolatry, Satan. Can I blame the fact that I haven't lost weight in a while on Satan? I Please do. You know what? This is... I'm thrilled. I have an excuse. <laughs> Satan has his strongholds. Every time I buy a bag of Sour Patch Kids at the gas station, 
and I and you find them in my hat that has my keys in my wallet, I'll be like, mm, strongholds must have been, yeah. been Satan. <laughs> so I interpret number one as bitterness. Which he brings up in a lot of various IBL texts as, like, the culprit behind many things. (laughs) He talks about it a lot. So even though he doesn't say that exact word, the scenario of not forgiving and wanting to punish the other person, I interpret as bitterness. Mm -hmm. Number two is just straight up sin and guilt. And the third is, you know, having anxiety and fear. So basically, you might never be the proper weight if you are bitter, a sinner, or have anxiety. So um, that's what I'm hearing. A a human being. (laughs) I know. If you're a human being with feelings, you may (laughs) never be the proper weight. Cool. I'm fucked. (laughs) The perfect perfect IBLP wife. No feelings. I know. Exactly. That's why some of them are thin. They have zero feelings whatsoever. (laughs) We've cracked the code. You want to be thin? Feel nothing. (laughs) So it's like, oh, you know, oh, gain some weight. Have you tried not being so bitter? (laughs) Or like, oh, gain some weight. Um, Have you been sinning a lot? Like, it's just like such a weird, I don't know. It's just very odd. Have a lot of problems with your soul, huh? You see someone like, yeah, you're like, "Mm, what sins have you been committing? An extra 510 (laughs) going on. There must be a couple sins. Before it was like sickness could be the result of your sins. And now like your body composition is a result of it too. Like just so everybody's tracking. These are all the things that can happen. You know, you can get sick, you get fat, you know, just, you know, all these problems. So I went to university and gained the very normal freshman 15. Is that because I was experiencing a worldly environment? Yes, sinning. That, see, it wasn't because I had poor food choices and nowhere to cook and I had to buy all my meals. It was because I was in a worldly environment. Because of Satan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So, um, next, he instructs to maintain proper weight for the right reasons. Because if you don't, your weight control efforts will backfire. Okay. He says that beginning a weight control program, which I think is just so funny. I love this whole weight control. Um, weight control program is totally fine, which we know because you think being fat is um, a factor in wickedness. But So, yeah. of course, you're fine with it. So, you know, starting a weight control program, totally fine. As long as you're looking to improve your appearance for God's glory, not your own. Oh, okay. As children of God, you are supposed to pay attention to your appearance And, you know, not be looking sloppy and careless because that could interfere with ministry. So I feel like he's pretty much saying that um, you have to be thin to not be like sloppy and careless. You know, nobody wants to convert. Yeah, you know, like fat people, you know, like who's going to want to convert? And if you're a fatty, you got to be thin. (laughs) It's awful. Everything about that is awful. So that part takes me back to when we discussed the clothing guidelines, if you remember, Uh, where he specifically stated, like, you don't want to look too in style and trendy, but you also don't want to be out of style because that could affect ministry. Remember? (laughs) So it all rolls back to, like, you got to look good for the brand. Yeah, you got (laughs) it. 
So don't be sloppy and careless. Um, bad for the brand. But then also don't be too into your appearance because then you're fixating more on the creation, which is you, mm. rather than the creator, which should be your focus. So don't it's like be, don't be getting in God's light. Yes. So it's like we want you to care about your looks, specifically in this context, your weight. But can you like make it look like you just like kind of care, but not too much? You know what I mean? Like that's pretty much what he's saying. Can you care enough to where it doesn't make me look bad? Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. Like I feel like this whole thing embodies the whole like no makeup makeup look. <laughs> where it's like look like you're not really putting too much effort into it when like really you kind of are yeah where it's where you're just like i'm just wearing a tinted moisturizer and like a dab of mascara when really you spent three hours making it look like you're not wearing makeup the equivalent to that is like guys when i was in high school doing their hair they wanted to make it look like they didn't spend 45 minutes trying to do their hair it's just like this yeah. yeah, I I just woke up. It's like messy and there's 27 layers of infrastructure to make it look like I just got out of bed with this hair. That's what this whole thing feels like. Can you like care, but like don't look like you care too much. As a reference to Star Wars, fly casual. <laughs> yep. But don't make it look like you're trying to fly casual. So also, just recapping because we've gone a little sideways a little bit um we're still under the same section discussing weight control for the right reasons oh um and it's funny that i was just giving my interpretation of those scenarios and i specifically said that i felt like he was referring to like bitterness and stuff Mm -hmm. without actually him saying those words yeah because as i'm going through this document like i'm going in order and i had already done like that part and i was taking my notes and then i got to this next section where he finally does just come out and say it point blank saying, quote, ironically, wrong motives may make weight control all the more difficult by causing the very anxiety, guilt, and bitterness which can create weight problems. So it's a cycle. He thinks it's a cycle. Well, it's just funny because he says that guilt can create weight problems. Meanwhile, this entire document is centered around guilt. Right. (laughs) Which, going back to what we said before, not wrong. But then you fucked it up in the end. Yeah. Yes, guilt is a, even outside of this window, like guilt has an effect. The feelings affect a lot of those things. Yep. But it goes sideways every time. So just to recap, he just got done saying how your weight is important to God and is connected to scriptural living. Your weight could be the result of sin, anxiety, and bitterness, don't be too fat because then you might fuck up God's ministry. <laughs> but then this next section is never judge those who are overweight. <sighs> all right. You just spent all of that time <laughs> laying out how you can judge other people for being overweight. But never judge them. But don't be judgy or nothing. <laughs> God. So at first he says, quote, it is important to remember that overweight individuals often do not consume more food than their slimmer friends or relatives. Some, in fact, may be suffering from conditions or disease which make it very difficult, if not impossible, to control their weight. 
So for a split second, you're like, wow, that's that's something that's actually true. Like, there are many factors that contribute to people's weight on all ends of the spectrum. I'm talking thin to, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. wherever you are on the spectrum of the size of your body, there are many factors. Okay. So for a little bit, you're like, wow, that's that's true. There's a lot of things. It's not Mm -hmm. simply just the amount of food you eat. Yeah. Um. You know, it could have nothing to do with your eating habits. And even if it does have to do with eating habits, by the way, none of your fucking business. Other people's facts, other people's bodies and um, their habits, uh, not your fucking business. Facts. But so, you know, there I, I, I have this moment where I'm glad that there's this tiny acknowledgement of how bodies are not just simply the result of what you eat. He refers in this case only to conditions of disease. But of course, there's genetics and there's all sorts of things, right? Mm hmm. So this moment of like, oh, good, I'm, you know, I'm glad they dressed it like, you know, a little bit. That's nice. But then the last section, the last um, sentence of this section reads, when we judge or gossip with regard to people's weight problem, we condemn ourselves because our lack of self-control in our speech and conduct is far worse than any lack of self-control on their part, which might affect their weight. I remember a long time ago, I watched, I was in this mode where I was watching a lot of TED Talks, and I watched Brene Brown's, like, first TED Talk. And this is when nobody knew who she was. Obviously, she is a powerhouse speaker, and talks, um, um, her talks are amazing. But this was a point where, like, it was her first one, and, like, nobody really knew who she was. And one of the things she talked about was that people in a lot of actions and a lot of choices they make are guided by shame. But one of the things she said is the things that we judge other people the hardest about are things that we are the most Mm self-conscious. And it's a weird version of projecting where you're like, I'm going to rail on you really hard about this because I secretly hold shame over it. That's kind of just what this reminds me of. Oh, absolutely. Yep. But I just think it's funny that for like a little bit, I was like, oh, cool. But then I'm like, he couldn't fucking help himself. Then he has to end it with being like, well, you know, like, you know, their their self-control problems with their weight problem. Like he couldn't help it. Like, and I'm just like, oh, God, you just you could you could never not. <laughs> so now we're moving into the identifying the weight that is best for you section of the booklet. It begins by discussing how the definition of proper weight according to society, has changed over the years. And this is all, you know, true. Mm-hmm. First citing how up until the seven- late 17th century, fat was a sign of status, power, and wealth, obviously because you could afford to eat and you were not working. That was the idea behind all that. And then on the flip side, citing how, like, you know, more today, or I guess 1995 at least, that Miss America contestants were on average 13 to 19% below the average weight of women their same age. So he's just kind of like, you know, showing Mm -hmm. those two ends. And that no matter the current society trends, it is important to find a weight that is healthiest and wisest for yourself. So you're like, again, okay. I'm ready for him to ruin it. I'm ready for him to ruin it. Drop that Bill Gothard hammer. I'm ready. (laughs) Um, then after a bunch more scientific stuff, like discussing the different types of fats, how fat is not all bad, etc., I perked up actually even more 
when there was a whole section about how ideal weight charts are not a good measure. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, another thing I fucking agree with. Like, I hate those charts, right? You know, like they're fucking bullshit. Yeah. And it said, quote, there is no way anyone can know what the best weight is for you without thoroughly knowing you first. Your age, gender, frame, build, present physical condition, medical history, genetic determinants, medications, current family situation, lifestyle, employment. I mean, he really goes on. (laughs) Employment and spirit, which is a funny inclusion. Spirit, you know. Um, These are only some of the factors which affect your weight and each should be considered. Make, model, color. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I really wanted you to just keep going and add things that weren't on that list. <laughs> but again, I'm like, well, yeah, fuck those charts. So yeah, I'm like, agree. yeah, you know, so I'm like kind of yeah. on board. Mm-hmm. But if we've learned anything over the course of 53 episodes, it's that moments like this are extremely fleeting. <laughs> you find something you actually agree with and they always find a way to fuck it up. Give me the Bill Gothard hammer, I'm ready. In the very next subsection, following this one, it's titled, Learn How to Define the Weight That is Best for You. Has none other than a fucking weight chart. (laughs) Aren't weight charts awful when they're not presented by me? (laughs) So I'm like, like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, this is nuts even for them. I mean, kind of. I mean, you know, like, they're nuts. Kind of par for the course. But like, you're kind of just like, how did you just get done saying that they're bad and then immediately follow it up with a weight chart? Like, I'm like, how the fuck? But as I paid close attention to the verbiage, it's because when they were saying that they're bad, they were referring to ideal weight charts. And the one that they're showing is a target weight chart, which has oh. a range. Oh. Okay. So the ideal one is just based off of like mortal like number statistics and like mortality rates and stuff like that. And then they're like, well, no, no, this one, it's totally different, right? The one that we're giving, totally different because there's a range of numbers. Weight charts for the Lord are fine. We've mentioned this before on this podcast, but it's the idea of being like, I don't mean to say anything super racist. And what you're about to say is super racist. Yeah. This is like, aren't weight charts like the worst? Like weight charts just don't. But let me talk to you about my weight chart. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, it's just totally different because they have a range. So like very different, right? Like, Well, yeah. I mean, they're totally different. Yeah. (laughs) But... This made me think of Lego in this episode with his, when they gave him the 147 to 184 range. And even he was like, oh, you know, like we talked about. Like, even a range can still be so fucking damaging. Mm -hmm. Like, just imagine Jana, for instance. Let's just say, and I'm just throwing out random fucking numbers, okay? Mm -hmm. But let's just say they tell her that her weight range is 105 to 135. It is not hard to imagine that a person will go, Oh, well, if this says I could be 105, then I should be 105. Of course. Doesn't matter the top of it. They're like, well, it's saying that that's part, you know, then that's what I should be. Especially if you already have shame and guilt and, you know, your mother's taking you to Weight Watchers as a teenager. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to look and go, no, I have to be the 
the, the lower end. Yes, yeah. End you're not going to yeah. just be like, oh yeah, one thirty five, totally fine. Like yeah, you're going to believe. <laughs> and I thought about that too. Like, there's no way. Let's be real. Like, obviously, we're looking at looks aside, but like, Jana does not look unhealthy. No. Like remotely. Not even a tiny little bit. It's this idea that like she's going there and then being like, no, how awful am I? How far do I need to step? Like it's Yeah. It's bad. It's real bad. Yep. So, you know, the next question, of course, is so how do you know when fat is a problem? So get ready for this one. When it's spelled with an F, not a PH. <laughs> yeah. The, there's the indicator. <laughs> So he tells you to take a simple visual visual review of your body. Is that allowed? I try to take a visual review of your body all the time. He just says your own. Um, but is that allowed? I didn't even think they're allowed to look like they seem like they'd be taught like, like, start putting the towel on inside the shower type situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't feel like they're allowed to even glance in the mirror. That's the vibes I get. That's you know? pretty funny. So it's like. Review your own body. Is that can they do that, or is that like defrauding yourself? Honey, I'm doing a I'm doing a full. Re- you're gonna knock on the door when I've been in there for a long time, and you're gonna be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm doing a full body review." <laughs> um. Okay. Then he says, "Quote: If you see extra pudge, and pudge is in quotations, mind you, <laughs> extra pudge in places where you know there should not be." That is one sign that some work may be necessary. These are the exact words. Wow. And then he says, second, lightly pinch the back of your arm or your abdomen. If you find that you are holding more than an inch of yourself. (laughs) That's kind of funny in a lot of ways. um, (laughs) You have too much fat on board. Wow. So just like imagine a kid, a teenager, whatever, reading this and then pinching themselves. Mm-hmm. To see if they can pinch more than an inch, and then um, being like, "Oh yeah, um, I need. I, I have too much fat on board." Jeez. Like it's fucking sad. Yeah, and the problem is like this. This line of thinking is so, um, like it breaks into every part of your life because it always becomes a thing, and. I had a coworker that I was really close with at the last place I was at. And she had a very specific weight for a long time through like her young adult life. And then when she was in like her mid 20s, she gained weight. And she said that like she felt guilt and shame about it. And it had nothing to do with like her her mom or her sister or like nobody around her was providing her with this level of shame but like she took it on herself and what i would notice was that when she would when we would be talking about things the second she would go to like like move her shirt or like you know pull her like shirt down i would see her slowly pinch her side oh really and she told me specific she was like there was years of my life where that was how I gauged how I felt about myself. 
was so how sad. much I would squeeze on the side of my stomach. So when she would be in my office and then she would do that, I would look at her and I legitimately would be like, you need to fucking stop. And she was like, I know, I'm sorry. It's just a habit. But like over and over again, I'd be like, fucking stop it. Like, what do you do? You know what I mean? So obviously I don't have a massive effect on that but like she talked about how like she doesn't like doing that anymore she doesn't like the effect it had on her but it's just so much a habit that she was like every time i do it like even her husband would be like will you stop that mm-hmm. because she was like it's Please. just ingrained in her yeah 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 so that's what that reminds me of like yep. it's awful so now that you've reviewed yourself and pinched yourself and found out that you are the improper weight how do you define the weight that is best for you? According to him, the ideal weight is defined as the weight at which I am able to optimally function for the service of the Lord. It is a weight that realistically fulfills his design for me and adequately protects me from the dangers of being overweight. Oh. Don't be fat and uh, serve the Lord, I guess. <laughs> I guess. And then also, it is a weight that honors my authorities, is free from excessive fat content, and and kept that way by a scriptural diet and lifestyle. It is a weight in which I look and feel good and am the best testimony of obedience that I can be to those around me of the living God whom I serve. Oh, wow. So once again, very clearly tying your body to not only scripture, but to obedience, serving God, and um, honoring God and your authorities. Mostly honoring the authorities. Which is a lot of responsibility attached to the size of your body. Right. The the more they can tie your weight into your roles as a good, God-honoring person, Jeez. the more they can control you with the guilt and shame of it all, but, but then remember, guilt and shame could also make you fat, so you're stuck in <laughs> right. a fucking loop of fuck Yep, right here. It's a vicious cycle. So next it gets into like, what is the carbohydrate? What is the metabolism? All those things that we'll skip over. And also, I've decided to skip over some of the more general things he teaches on how to eat, like just in a more like day-to-day general sense, because I think... That is something that we can cover in the future as its own thing. Okay. Um, like what he teaches is the proper way to for anyone to eat, not just like in the context of weight loss. Well, the readers should know that. They're all pre-med, right? But today I'm just going to keep the focus on the like proper weight side of things. Mm-hmm. So it briefly touches on how there is one diet recorded in the Bible and refers to how Daniel ate only vegetables and water for 10 days. Okay. This section is titled, Give the Daniel Diet a Try! <laughs> oh. Exclamation point, by the way. As it describes um, someone who did this and they lost 40 pounds in two weeks, which, by the way, that is not healthy at all. Not remotely. Not even a fucking little bit. 40 pounds in two weeks? God, that's terrible. Yeesh. Uh, but just to be clear, he wants you to know that he is not promoting vegetarianism. <gasps> well, most certainly not. Because off to the side, there's a little box that says, quote, There is no question that God blessed Daniel for his obedience. Yet those who promote vegetarianism as a wise lifestyle must not overlook the scriptural portrayal of wisdom in Proverbs. 
She freely served meat at her banquet. Read proverbs. Go meat. So just so we're clear here, you can do it for 10 days, but like, you know, a lifestyle of it is just not biblical. Mm-hmm. So we're tracking. And it's actually funny. Ginger brought that up like twice in her book. Really? About like, yes. And so I was just like, that's a weird thing to fucking harp on, Ginger. Get out of here. Like, Interesting. Let people be a fucking vegetarian if they want to. Get off it. But anyways. Christ loved carnivores. So, uh, of course, it then goes on for several pages about reducing calories and also reducing fat, which go figure, like I said, written in 1995. 90s was, you know. The attack on fat, the era of low fat, everything. Yeah. It was the, you know, enemy of all enemies, fat. Yeah. So, um, nothing too interesting, really. Then the next section is titled, Initiate Disciplines Which Control Weight which is basically talking about exercise. Lunges for the Lord. You know, burning calories, types of exercise like aerobic and anaerobic. Clearly when Anna is doing aerobics. <laughs> so how she made it how she made it in this, it's amazing, right? They knew, but they knew that this was the Anna episode. So they're like, you know, we'll talk about anaerobics. <laughs> yeah, nothing too interesting after the mention of Anna. That brings us to our very last section, how to sustain your weight control. It lists a lot of the tips that I feel like you'd read in like every magazine back in the day when people actually read magazines. But you know how it was always like the 10 ways to like burn more calorie, you know, like, like the list. So it, yeah. it's like the typical shit, you know, drink more water, limit sodas and desserts, only eat raw fruits and vegetables between meals. If you must, you know, like Yoder Yoder, just like the. <laughs> That's a callback. Like just the stuff you heard all the time. That's just a few of them. But then it goes into how fasting is a crucial part of scriptural weight control, which is funny because weight control was never the reason for fasting in the Bible. But of course, he knows that. So he says, quote, in the final analysis, the goal of weight control is to bring glory to God. Is it any surprise, then, that learning to honor God through the discipline of fasting will very likely enable him to honor us with the self-control of spirit and mind necessary for weight control and with the better weight as well? Question mark. I want to fast from that word salad. So I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't just try to like flat out claim that one of the mentions of fasting in the Bible was for weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> right. And find some way to like try to prove that. Just because we know he has this classic twisting and redefining of things, right? We know he's no stranger to giving things like whole new meanings. But instead, he throws out this fucking word salad. Wasn't that fucking word salad of, of how like, well, you know, well, you don't fast to lose weight, but the discipline of fasting itself could lead to self-control because, you know, that, that, you know, that might lead to weight control because God might, you know, see your self-control. He might, you know, like, that's what that is. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the weight loss isn't about not, not actually eating food. It's about how fasting may might make god bless you with self-control from it which might lead to weight loss do you pick up what he's saying here oh yeah he ends this part by saying quote to fast simply for weight loss is to honor ourselves and short circuit the very goal god promises to bless in fasting honoring him so like read the bible real hard and pray a couple times while you're not eating (laughs) so it counts as honoring him 
It's like starving yourself, but Bible, you know. Because Bible, which is a reference to an old episode. Yeah, starving yourself, but Bible. But fasting is not the only discipline which furthers weight control. Because then he provides a list, which is eight ways to expend even more calories today and build relationships at the same time. Wow, multitasking? Mm-hmm. Basically burning calories while being godly. Um, <laughs> some are like whatever, like deepen your relationship with the Lord by maintaining a daily journal on your walk with God. And it tells you that one hour of writing or typing burns 120 calories. Oh my God. Or there's strengthen your relationship with your church. Learn how to play a musical instrument because one hour of practice burns 200 calories. Just don't make sure you have those beats on the wrong beats. Mm -hmm. But some were pretty funny with the reaching. I hope they stretched before they started reaching, but I guess that would burn calories too. So that's fine. You know, I mean, that's fine. Because, this is the appropriate episode. Yeah, you know, so um, it says expand your relationship with your children. Make mealtimes more than just a family group caloric intake effort. <laughs> Initiate conversations with your children and get to know them better. One half hour of talking expends 66 calories and keep can keep you from taking in about 100 calories. <laughs> Couple things here. Group caloric intake effort. Hilarious. Funny way to say, like, dinner or lunch. Sounds like an alien being like, what are these humans doing right now? Group oh, caloric. Oh, they're participating in group caloric intake. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Yeah. And also... Get to know your kids, because um, you might actually Ugh. lose weight if you like talk to them once in a while. Not worth it. I'm totally gonna side eye anytime like Cannon is like having a conversation with a kid, because <laughs> I'm gonna be like, it might be more of a weight loss effort than like an actual <laughs> give a shit. I'm gonna look at it very differently uh, now. You know, yeah. we know that she's all about the weight loss, so I'll be like, is that why you're talking to Jill <laughs> over there? Is that what you're pretending to care what Jill has to say? Yep. little side-eye from here uh, on out. It's more of a calorie thing. Um, final one that made me chuckle. It says, enhance your relationship with your husband. Run to meet him at the door when he comes home from work. Every 15 step burns a calorie. Wow. Wow. I need to, apparently I need to run when you get home. Mildred does it. That's Mildred, true, but she right. thinks I'm going to feed her. <laughs> she wants to negate the. She's all going burning all these calories, running to greet you at the door. <laughs> Need more foods, more That's snackies. True. Snackies. Finally, the booklet ends talking about obesity and health risks. Um, not not too much interesting. The only thing I'm going to point out from this section is when they're discussing different surgical options. Okay. For obesity, to which he states, "quote A surgical procedure is not." undergone without consequences and surgical intervention for obesity should be viewed as less than god's best <laughs> wow okay not a fan of the gastric bypass i i just imagine somebody being at the doctor's office to discuss their options and they're like i'm here to discuss the possibility of getting less than god's best please <laughs> i would like one less than god's best please 
<laughs> is that how they bill it on your insurance? Yeah, that's what it shows up, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. So now we're done with that booklet. Now I want to point this topic back to the Duggars specifically. In the book, Growing Up Duggar, by the four oldest Duggars, they actually specifically mention Baby Cannon in Weight Watchers. Wow. Apparently, Cannon had gained 40 pounds over the course of several pregnancies. Like, what if you think about it, though? Like, this woman must be in a perpetual cycle of pregnancy, breastfeeding, mm-hmm. dieting, start over again, pregnancy, breastfeeding, dieting, repeat, you know, like... Cribus again! <laughs> yeah. That has to be the cycle of her life. So, she had tried several programs and settled on Weight Watchers. Apparently, in a meeting with them, they described weight loss as being 80% diet and 20% exercise and said, quote, you cannot, you can eat more calories in a few minutes than you can burn off in an hour-long workout. Mm -hmm. And apparently, that really stuck with Michelle. Now, I'm not saying that that's not true. It's absolutely true that you can eat something calorically dense that might take more than an hour to burn off. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. But um, the guilt factor... And just like the fear that it instills with food when you eat those things or actually when you eat those things, because you will, you will. Um, yep. Just not helpful, you know, no. it's just not, not helpful, but I'll move, I'll move on. <laughs> so they say that Weight Watchers taught her portion control and provided her an accountability system and that she exercises three miles a day on the uh, ellipt- elliptical machine. Mm-hmm. And they say that she serves as a great inspiration to them. Okay. Because, you know, watching your mother eat canned tomatoes as a meal is definitely a positive inspiration example. You know, wonderful. Oh, yeah. So, just wanted to point that out. Then, later in their book, they tell the story of a teenage girl named Marie. Oh, God. Marie is thin, beautiful, and popular in school. But inside, she's insecure and has self-destructive thoughts. Her desire to be thin turns into an eating disorder. And they then go into more details of Marie's life. How she found the Lord and then a man who loved the Lord, whom she confided in about these things, and eventually married. Okay. Ready for the plot twist? Oh, man. Marie is Michelle Duggar. Damn. They really got you in the beginning there, right? I felt like I was watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie with the twist. Big twist. Big twist. So now let's tell the story from Michelle's end. As we've discussed before, Michelle was quite athletic. Still is. Seen, I've seen that bitch on scapes. <laughs> scapes. <laughs> when she was about 15, she, you know, was doing in gymnastics and cheerleading, which took up to three hours of her day, if not more. Slutty. But she was still struggling to keep weight off. She said, quote, I found out that genetically I could put on weight easily, but with my activities, gymnastics and cheerleading, it was important for me not to. I would look around and compare myself to my friends, saying, oh my, she's so small, or she has such skinny legs. So Michelle began making herself throw up. For some periods of time, she was doing it daily. At other times, she would be able to let a week pass in between. But this pattern continued, and then when she was 16, she met Jim Bob. She said, quote, I met Jim Bob, and he and I were in a dating relationship, and I loved this guy and wanted to marry him. We were talking future together, and I remember that I felt like I had to tell him everything. 
everything about myself. You can't keep secrets from the man you want to share your life with. Did so you hear like, that? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so Lego became her confidant and accountability partner, and she would let him know any time she was feeling the urge to make herself throw up. Quote, he told me to call him any time. I just know that I would be tempted and I would have the crazy thought that I wanted to throw up and not hold on to the calories. She said the first six months were hard, were the hardest, but eventually she was able to overcome it. Now let's talk Ginger. When she was a young teen, she began to hate the way she looked, convinced she was getting fatter and fatter with each passing day. She even recalls panicking one day when she weighed herself and realized she had gained half a pound. Damn. She figured the key to losing weight was eating less food, but she didn't want to draw attention to it, so she came up with tricks to be able to hide it. She'd skip breakfast by sleeping late, eat a light lunch, and then purposely eat a healthy snack before dinner, so then at dinner she could tell everybody, oh yeah, I'm I'm not that hungry, Mm. and she'd be honest about it but then she could just pick at her dinner and then if hunger set in and her started her stomach um started to growl she'd go to bed wow then she convinced herself dairy was the problem so she cut that out and told everyone that you know i think i might be allergic to it so that's why i'm cutting you know that's why i'm not eating it right now Mm. her plan was working and she was losing weight but she still wasn't satisfied She was comparing herself to girls from church and wishing she could be as skinny as them. I'm not trying to minimize anything that she went through, and it's kind of sad that she felt like she had to do this. But at least she's smarter than I would have been. I would have been trying to, like, pretend I'm eating and throw food over my shoulder. (laughs) I would have filled every house plant in the house of you know food that i had if we had a dog i would have been feeding the dog everything you know mm-hmm. so i mine wouldn't have been as uh effective her her, her plan was a bit more solid <laughs> yes um so she eventually tells canon what's going on with her and canon said that they would develop a plan for her to be healthy together and it was very like she never was like oh my gosh or anything like that like she was just like oh she was so supportive is like how Hmm. ginger describes it okay but it kind of makes me sad because ginger paints this next part as very much like a positive thing oh god but i just the fear is still very real anyways so she said they planned healthy meals and snacks together, and Cannon never once made her eat things that the rest of the family was eating, like hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. But the only requirement was that she eat about 2,000 calories a day. Okay. Um, which I could go on about this forever. Mm-hmm. I really could. But the bottom line here is that the fear of food and weight gain is still very alive. Mm-hmm. It's very much still present. And, and I can totally relate to it. And I think a lot of people can. But it, it's that she's making it sound so positive. Like when you still are very clearly obsessing over it, you just feel a better about it because now you can avoid certain scary foods because now your mother has okayed it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when before it was like, oh, I couldn't have, you know, I just had to avoid what the family was eating. She even mentions eating, like, grilled chicken, rice, and salad and said, quote, 
Mom gave me the confidence to know I don't have to avoid food to be pretty. Oof. Ooh, the connection with, like, self-image. Ugh. But she's entirely missing the point that she's still avoiding food. Yeah. It's just not all foods right now because she's been given the opportunity to eat separate food. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like you're yeah. still avoiding food. So the core problem is still there. She's still afraid of food and she's still afraid of weight gain. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying that this isn't common or unrelatable because it is, mm-hmm. unfortunately been there myself and i think many of us have been or are Mm -hmm. i just think with it it's it's sad because we see this pattern with ginger of her being very convinced that certain things in her life are so much better Mm -hmm. when really she's stuck in these like same cycles like we talked about last week with religion and anxiety mm-hmm. and then now here we again again this week with food it's like oh see it's so much better now it's like do you, but you don't really see what's still mm-hmm. the same yeah it's this pattern yeah she's out here like just preaching or like just like announcing everybody like oh see it's just so much better now this happened and now it's great and it's like oh it's just so sad yeah she would also let Michelle know when she ate or what she ate and even text her so that she, like what she was eating so that she had accountability and monitoring. And they instructed her that she was not to do any sort of fasting for any religious purposes. Hmm. Um, and, and in her book at one point she talks about, cause actually this is going back and forth between her first book. I'm, I'm gathering this about the eating between mm-hmm. her two books in Becoming Free Indeed, she even talks about later, like, oh, and, like, when she talks about the problems with authority, like, mm-hmm. but then she was like, but sometimes there was a, a good part to authority. Like, when her parents told her, no, you have to eat, she was like, okay, it would became, like, an obedience thing. But I'm like, once again, that's not really solving the problem. <laughs> yeah. Now you're just being told to eat, so you're like, okay, I'm eating. It's, right. It's still not... She still needs... In a lot of ways, you still need massive therapy. Like, yeah. like you never really dealt with your eating disorder mm-hmm. in a real way. Yep. You never dealt with, like, you're, this whole religion thing. It's You're not as completely out and thinking for yourself as you think. It's just really sad. Just because you're hanging out with people that are wearing jeans. Yep. I just can't help but think about how... Here's Canon with a daughter who very clearly suffers from an, from disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And we just watched her on today's episode eat canned tomatoes as a meal in front of that child. Yeah. This same child, you know, has disordered eating, who she then takes her older sister to Weight Watchers meetings and has been for a few years now. Yeah. And also, Jana is 19 in this episode, but, you know, she says that she started doing Weight Watchers years back or Mm -hmm. like years ago or whatever. And Jana is four years older than Ginger. So the start of Weight Watchers with Jana and Ginger being in the throes of an eating disorder Mm -hmm. could have very well been happening around the same time. Yep. But even if not, kind of putting that off to the side. Even if not, still not good. No. Not good for Jana. Not good for Ginger. Mm -mm. Not good as an example for any of the kids to take a teenager to a weight loss program. Mm -hmm. Agree. 
I think we're seeing a case where Cannon thinks as long as she's not throwing up, she's good. And as long as Ginger isn't avoiding meals entirely, she's good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they see the bigger picture of everything that's still happening. Yeah. They just always are like, yeah, it's better. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I, I feel for them. It's hard enough living in this fucking world as it is and feeling insecure, like mm-hmm. whatever. And then you add in being a woman on top of it and that's just extra. And then you see these types of things that IBLP is literally teaching them about weight too. Mm. Fucking recipe for disaster. Yeah. Recipe. Um. Probably the recipe has canned tomatoes. Yeah. Um. But re- it's a disaster. Yeah. I have a comment about diet culture when we get done. Okay. Um. It's just hard enough already without factoring in basically your religion guilting you about your weight too. So like it's just so mm-hmm. gross. Like yeah. it's just it's hard enough as it you is. You don't need that. Yes. You don't need that added on as another fucking layer. Yeah. Like I think back to my own experience and it was bad enough and I had nothing religious wrapped up in it at all or my mother contributing or like modeling it. And that was enough. Yeah. Like, my mom was not the diet type mom. Mm-hmm. These days, it'd be like the almond mom is what they call it or whatever. But, like, my mom wasn't a dieter. I think for about five minutes, she and the lady, the neighbor down the street were doing sugar busters. <laughs> and all I remember out of that was like, oh, we got some stuffed peppers. Like, she made like the re- a couple recipes out of the book. But it didn't... Yeah. I don't remember it lasting long. I really don't remember it having a big effect mm-hmm. or anything like that. To be honest, my mom was not the stick with it type. So <laughs> I don't think that was much of a concern. But even then, if she couldn't like stick to something, she didn't have like a lot of negative self-talk. Like I didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. So for that, I'm grateful because yeah. that wasn't modeled to me as like, a, oh, I shouldn't eat that. Or, yeah. you know, like that wasn't something I had to deal with. And just thinking of, but, like, still, thinking of Michelle and Ginger comparing themselves to their friends, I remember that so vividly. hmm Because, like, I always felt like the fat friend. Okay. In every situation. So, my childhood friend from, like, about 9 to 16, she was fucking tiny. Mm-hmm. I was bigger than her in every way you could be bigger. Taller, but not, I mean, not that I'm tall, I'm short. But I was bigger, but, you know fat wise bigger but then also like i remember looking at her wrists and being like oh she has such a beautiful dainty wrist Ooh, that's such a weird thing of like social like the idea that like society is putting on you that like this is the the ideal well i just looked at her wrist and i was like that's like a girl's wrist and then i look at mine and then i just i have you see them i have i'm you know, the whole joke about like big, oh, I'm not fat, I'm big, bitch, I'm big boned, okay? I really do. I have a very large frame. Like, I can barely wear, even at my thinnest, I can barely wear bracelets because unless they're stretchy, mm-hmm. I have big wrists. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, and I remember, ugh, I remember one time at a job, like a lady telling me that I had big forearms and I'm like, great, thanks for adding to this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, was, mm-hmm. and like she told me, oh, I can tell you, oh, I worked at one job where it was like good and bad. B- bunch of older ladies who were like moms, but at the same time, 
that could be good caddy that would be good and bad depending on how you looked at depending on the situation good or bad you had a lot of people that cared about you but then they're also like anyways yeah like they would i remember them so when they told you that you looked good you were like that's real (laughs) because they would also (laughs) tell you when you looked bad yeah um but yeah i just remember her like one of them telling me i can tell you gained weight because look at your forearms and i was like oh oh my god thank you but anyway, so even in, then in high school, I felt like, like, I just always felt like the fat friend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is funny to think about, like, even when people try to, like, make me, so, like, the childhood friend. I don't remember what I said to her mom. Obviously, I said something about my weight or some, in some way it came up. But I remember, like, like, my friend was just like, well, you have boobs. And so I was like, okay, you're trying to convince yourself. I'm like, okay, I got a rack. Okay, that's good. You know, or like whatever. Or I remember her mom being like, boys want something to grab onto. And then, like, you look at it later and like, oh, that was just everybody trying to be like, you're not fat. Like, it was just such a weird thing when you think about it, you know. She was a future Megan Trainer fan. Yep. Um, so it was just kind of always bigger anyway. But then eighth grade. from like the beginning of the when you look at pictures of me from the beginning of the year to the end of the year like two different people Mm -hmm. like i piled on like 20 pounds Mm -hmm. i don't even know how it happened exactly because i felt like the other stuff came later then i gained another 20 pounds like in the next year (laughs) that i know how it happened (laughs) my mom had never bought like things like kool-aid growing up and then she started buying it i was mixing up fruit punch kool-aid by the gallon and drinking it alone <laughs> so i refer to it as kool-aid because yeah, there it is it it did a number on me mm-hmm. you can imagine um so yeah like in two years like i gained 40 pounds 20 pounds each year which is mm-hmm. anyway it was pretty crazy and i i remember thinking that like my sister's wedding photos because my s- First semester, November of my sophomore year, my second oldest sister got married. And I remember how I thought I looked in my bridesmaid's dress. And then when Mm -hmm. I got the pictures back, I was like, oh, that's not how I see myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So I remember that being like a really big like realization for me. Mm -hmm. And then just to top it all off, just to, you know, make things worse. It was either very end of that semester or the very beginning of the next semester, which I can't remember. But I was, we had a teacher that was always coming from across campus for our class to come to a different room, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times bell would ring and they wouldn't be there yet. So we'd be waiting out in the hallway. It's my athletic training class. But I remember waiting in the hallway and a girl in my class came over. She was tall as fuck. So she's like towering over me. And she started twirling my hair around her finger. Just like slowly. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, you're just kind of in shock. And then she goes, she's twirling my hair and she goes, are you pregnant? Wow. And that was it. Wow. So I was like, first the pictures. Now I'm being asked if I'm pregnant. And I'm like, that, that like pushed me over the edge. Mm-hmm. I tried throwing up for a while. When you have a phobia vomit, not successful. <laughs> it doesn't really, yeah, no. not really conducive of that. Yeah. But it's like, I remember trying so hard. I remember being in the bathroom and being like, trying so hard to make it happen. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I can't fucking do this. I'm like, I can't. What else am I going to do? Because mm-hmm. at that point, I remember thinking, the only thing I can do right now is throw up. Mm-hmm. But I can't fucking do it. So I just started like extreme dieting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I was counting cal. Like it's funny. Like um, talking about like Canon and Weight Watchers. I found like my sister's old Weight Watchers book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll go off these points. So I would eat cucumbers for days and then one day go to Taco Bell and get a seven layer burrito (laughs) because I was like, (laughs) I'm saving my point. You know what I mean? But it was just like, it's so unhealthy. So I just remember trying to do Weight Watchers out of the book and then it just turned into counting calories, which is actually really funny because during our break for the holidays, when I um, cleaned out our office and stuff, Mm -hmm. I found my old book. Now this will tell you how old I am. I wrote everything with from what I ate in an old happy bunny <laughs> notebook. That I mean that tells you exactly. Mm-hmm. Um and the cover it was you make me throw up a little and he's you know smiling or whatever. Right. And it's funny when you look so I was looking through that book and maybe I'll post it cuz it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You can see me going this much tuna, this much mayo, four crackers and then you see me cross off four crackers and write six crackers and then cross off six crackers and write eight crackers so it's just funny to be able to watch yourself mm-hmm. like still not being able to be like thinking four crackers is gonna do it and then you're like okay i'll have two more okay i'll have another two like mm-hmm. like you can see the like mania like <laughs> right like in all of it mm-hmm. so i was just like counting calories um Doing every old exercise video I could find in our house. Mm-hmm. Kathy Ireland. <laughs> a share video. I did walk away the pounds. What was the one where you just had to move? Oh, God. What was that one called? It was my mom's from like the 80s. And oh, it was sure. just this idea that like as long as you moved. As long as you moved it all, right? Yeah, and I can't remember the name of it. I think it was like... And you always go eat fit and be lean or something. Up, up, shoulder, shoulder, hip, hip, down, down, hip, hip, shoulder, shoulder. I do it all the time still. <laughs> Chimnos. I do it all the time. Yeah, I did those too. <laughs> I was doing like old VHS tapes. So it was like mm-hmm. anything I could get my hands on. Yeah. And at one point I found my sister's old ass trim spa. Trim spa wow. pre-ephedra was illegal trim spa. <laughs> so I was fucking like on meth practically (laughs) i remember laying in bed and my heart like race like trying to sleep and i was like i'm gonna have a fucking heart attack and what's so funny is i didn't put two and two together at the time like i was like what is going on i'm like oh it's these fucking pills you're taking oh man but like i just found them in a cabinet and i was like anything i could do but like yeah that was pre-ephedra's illegal days (laughs) so i'm like 14 years old Mm -hmm. practically on meth jeez (laughs) But, you know, um, it worked. And by like 16, I like in that semester, I lost like 20 to 25 pounds. That still doesn't make it good. No, I'm I not saying it's good. I point that out Yeah, there. no, no, no. I'm just talking about what it's like at this time, you know, like being a teenager and being like, I yeah. got to fucking do something. Bag of chemicals. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, but it was like 20, 25 pounds. But I re- specifically remember somebody telling me it looks like 60 Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck, I was really fat if you're telling me that it looks like 60. Like, mm-hmm. you know, those are the things. It's just funny how people, certain things people say just stick with you. Yeah. So I was like, oh, looks like 60. Wow, it was really bad. Mm-hmm. 
And then, so, you know, it was first semester of that year that I was, like, had the realization of, like, I got to do something. That's that second semester that put into action and it happened pretty fast, which does not happen this fast for me now. Mm-hmm. But at that time, when you're 16, I guess, it, you know, it does. But there was a boy that was in my first semester class when I was fat, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I hadn't, like, seen him, right? We just, we didn't have classes together anymore. So sometimes, like, towards the end of, like, that next semester, end of the year, when I'd lost, like, the majority of my weight, I remember, like, randomly, like, passing him in the hall. I didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, him stopping me. And he was like, Whitney? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're beautiful. Oh. But I was like, that's the first time anybody in my life had told me that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's where you realize you get that high of like, oh yeah, being skinny is it. Yeah. Because when I had never been told that before, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the first time I ever heard that was after yeah. I lost 25 fucking pounds. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is what happens. And it's not even like that was, it wasn't a boy I had a crush on. It was just nothing. It was just somebody telling mm-hmm. me, you're beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, this is what this is like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Being skinny is awesome. You right, know? right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and it's not even that like, I was that skinny, but t- I just wasn't what I was before, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it's just like, I just think of all of this, and it's like, I remember being a teenager mm-hmm. and feeling all of that. Mm-hmm. so it's like i feel for that michelle i feel for that ginger and i feel bad that they they're still there mm-hmm. like i think as adults they're still there too yeah and i can say that like i think i have a better relationship with food mm-hmm. body image is a whole other thing but you know you don't hit all places you don't hit, get off at the stop all at the same time you know yeah it's two different situations mm-hmm. still dealing with body image but like at least i'm not like fucked up when it comes to food anymore you know yeah. so i'll take what i can get any mm-hmm. step is a step but it's rough there's just so many like societal factors that contribute to a lot of those things you know what i mean a girl wrapping her uh finger around your hair and asking if you're pregnant will really do it i was gonna say that'll do it but all of this is like I still think like at least I didn't have <laughs> religion religion on top <laughs> on of it top that of was it. telling you and at least I didn't have like my mother on top of it too like modeling yeah. eating tomatoes for lunch everything I, about the tomato thing was just like that's not nutritionally okay no and I understand that there's people that can't cook well or choose not to Deanna's gonna do it that's true that's not what i'm talking about i'm (laughs) I'm talking about like the diet culture idea i feel like with society in the past that was a lot more religious regardless of what flavor i feel like the stigmata idea was was pushed through like you have to suffer in order to get positive benefits yeah and this idea that you need to like 
starve yourself or eat things that are really boring because you're doing it for a reason mm-hmm. as a as a culinarian make me really sad but then as a human being i'm just like why why is that okay but the idea that like i'm going to get healthy so i'm going to meal plan boiled chicken and overboiled broccoli and that's going to be what i eat for a week it's always like really bad looking chicken broccoli Mm -hmm. and sweaty looking sweet potatoes and really sweet yeah they're always sweaty looking (laughs) but it's just that idea that like in order to be healthy i need to eat this way no no you don't i don't know i think i just heavily disagree with the food is just fuel oh it's uh, so much crowd it's it's tradition, it's it's comfort, it's memories, it's this mm-hmm. idea, like, yeah, I hate the whole, like, well, it's just fuel, so that you should just be using it as fuel for it, but no, it's a whole lot fucking more. Mm-hmm. It's culture. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's tradition, it's history, it's everything. It's and it so can be more. all of that at the same time. Exactly. Like, I think that's what gets lost there. You don't have to suffer horrible food. Because you're like, no, I'm I'm trying to eat better. Grill a piece of chicken, damn it. There's um a really great Instagram account I follow of a dietitian that's you know, intuitive eating has been around for a while, but like certain mm-hmm. people you just find certain people where the way that they deliver the message just resonates with you. Yeah. So there's this one account that her it's a dietitian named Colleen and it's no food rules, but there's periods between all the words, like no period food rules. <laughs> and she does really funny reels and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. or and also just ones where she talks, you don't know what everybody's thinking. So it's like the person at the barbecue being like, wow, she barely took any dessert. I wish I could be like that. And it's like, oh man, I bit. And it's like that person. I binged earlier. So that's why I'm only taking this yeah. much. I am glad that nobody saw me do that. So it's mm-hmm. like, she does these things you never know. You never, ever know. Yeah. So hers is like a whole intuitive eating thing. The way she delivers. Oh, it so resonates with me. So if you're interested in that, it's a great Instagram account. And what is it again? No period food period rules? Yes. Okay. Yep. It's really great. And I actually just got her um, one of her free like little um, like webinar things. It's in mm-hmm. my it's in my email that I need to watch. It came out today, but I was working on this dig. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be watching the replay of it. It's really interesting stuff. But, and she talks about all the time. She always says like some foods or some meals are more nutrient nourishing and some are soul nourishing. Yeah. I That's why I appreciate um, Melissa Urban. Yes. She um, was like my first person that really like tweaked my brain. Yeah. <laughs> and first of all, Melissa, we both love you. Um if she's listening. She's not, but we still love you. <laughs> but there's a lot of things like she posted, like the thing about she did about abs recently. Yeah. She was like, my abs are genetic. <laughs> and she's like skinny and like jacked. Let's be real. Yeah. But she talks about how like when she was, what was she on? She was on heroin. So she was like in the throes of my addiction at the most unhealthy I've ever been. I had abs. I had abs, yeah. She's like, because it's genetic. It's not where my fat goes. Mm-hmm. So she's like, abs have a fuck all. They don't yeah. have fuck all to do with anything. Yeah. And it's the idea, that idea that like potentially there is somebody that could look at her and go, oh, look how healthy she is. And she's like, no, this is awful. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I was on heroin and I had abs. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, I think it just goes back to that lesson. Like You don't you fucking never know, know anything. Your body doesn't mean, or it's like I even like the whole thing about like Lizzo, 
and it was like i po- i posted it on my like personal like stories where it's like for in her concert she dance she's singing dancing stopping playing a flute they're like she never fucking stops mm-hmm. and it was a person saying that i run like five miles a day and i cannot get through one of her songs dancing without <laughs> being out of breath and they're like like they tried yeah. and they're like so here she is um you know, doing all of these things and keeping up with me who like, mm-hmm. either like uh, to the outside world, I have the, the like acceptable BMI type body. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and then everybody t- says all this stuff about her and they're like, she can do more than I can do. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it was just the whole idea of the guise of concern for health under just like actual fat phobia where mm-hmm. it's like, look at all the shit she can do Yeah, that this person over here, that because they're smaller, you assume they're healthier and she could just like outperform them in mm-hmm. stamina. But yep. at the end of the day, someone else's fucking stamina and health still not your fucking business. Yeah. But just for the sake of this argument, it is mm-hmm. interesting. And not just as a uh, band kid myself, Lizzo's the shit. <laughs> she really <laughs> is. Let's be real. Lizzo's the shit. <laughs> yep. I remember there was a, we had an instructor. I have two minor things about my high school years, and then I'll move on. The first thing was, there was a person that was in band with me that was not, like, crazy overweight by any means. And I remember in my junior year of high school, she got gastric bypass. And she was like scary. She skinny. got not the Lord's best. Not the Lord's best, exactly. That's what she ordered. She ordered the number two, the number two combo, not the Lord's best with the drink. Um, and she was so skinny for like most of our senior year. And then it started to like boomerang, you know, when people have that and then they gain back the weight, you know, that they lost initially. And I remember, like, the whole thing, even in high school, made me feel really sad. Because she did it for a reason, which is fine. Like, make that decision, do your thing. She got it in high school? In high school. Wow. And I specifically remember... They can do that? That probably with parental, like... God, I've never seen a high schooler get surgery. And it was... Oh, maybe that's not true. Nope. Never mind. That's not true. (laughs) I just thought of somebody I... See? Never mind. Not true. Yeah. So she got that. And I just remember she had such a level of confidence, which I felt good for her. Like, good for you. You have better confidence. You feel better about yourself. You carry yourself differently. Great. But I remember when she started to gain some of that weight back, she was a completely different person. Because that confidence was completely shattered for something that has so many other factors that go into it. And it's like that doesn't make you more or less worthy or more or less faithful fucking Bill Gothard. Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just remember watching that from the outside at a very formative time of our lives and being like, God, that makes me feel sad. And it's weird because I do feel stuck between these two worlds. Where I feel like I'm just like, fuck all that about this, like, certain, like, I am so over, like, 
specific diets. I don't culture, if it yeah. if it works for other people. I truly <laughs> do not give a shit what you eat or decide to eat or not eat. Don't give a fuck. So it's like religion. I, <laughs> yes, but I, like I have decided for myself, does not serve me. I've learned over the years, mm-hmm. doesn't work well for me. But so where I am mentally, I feel great about. Mm-hmm. I just need the other stuff to like kind of follow, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, as far as like body image, and I wish I could lose weight. Like you know, that's it is still something I want. And it's this weird thing where sometimes I feel like there's this overcorrection where it's like acceptance has to mean that like you can't want to lose weight, and so it's mm-hmm. like wanting to lose weight means that you're not being accepting. And it's like, well, no, I still think that people can want to lose weight. Like yeah. I feel like you're like stuck between these two things because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I feel better about my relationship with food, but I do still want to lose weight, and I'm I don't seem to be able to Mm -hmm. but so then i am still sort of struggling with body image so you're like i feel better in some ways but i'm also not here claiming ginger acting like everything's fucking fine i know still i know i'm still struggling but Mm -hmm. i've i feel like i've somewhat overcome one aspect and now i'm just working on yeah some other things and it's like someday i'm hoping they'll all line up together (laughs) but well i feel like it's a spectrum that we we go up and down and as we go through our lives yeah i think the the and we've had this discussion about people that we've seen obviously on social media um but it's the idea that like it's very minimizing of the idea that like well if you just did what i did you would be this it's the just mentality it's the just yeah and we always we reference it very specifically to a couple pages and it's about the idea that like you just need to make the choice if you would just stop being lazy and just commit that's what it is right there yeah Mm -hmm. if you were just weren't lazy and there's so many things where it's like you know what number one you don't know number two shit about fuck yep and the thing is, there's also other factors of lifestyle that don't lend themselves well to what people do. You know, like I have people that I know from college that are at the gym six days a week. And it's like, you just got to make that decision every day. And it's like, I go to work five to six days a week. And work 14 hours <laughs> right yeah, like, so the idea that it's, it's, i just need to make the decision after 14 hours of being on my feet in an area that's 150 degrees every day i just need to make the decision to go and run on a treadmill fuck it, off it's with the that same shit. thing i hate the whole Miss everybody me ha- with that yes it's the same idea as that everybody has the same 24 hours. It's just how it, like, don't get me fucking started on it. I will rail about this for fucking 25 minutes. Not everybody has the same 24 hours. And we all have things that are, like, better over this person. So, yeah, you may only work eight hours and you work 14 hours, but then this person may not have kids and I don't have kids. Or mm-hmm. this person yep. does this. Like, we all have these different situations. And it's never just going to be a, like, well, you got this and you don't or you have that. Like, it's all a mm-hmm. bunch of variables in life. Mm-hmm. Another thing I like about Melissa Urban is she'll be like, pick five things you want to Like, there's mm-hmm. five things you want to do every day. I love it. Pick three. She's like, you're not going to get all five. And so, like, her thing is, like, I always prioritize sleep is her always their number one. And it's, like, for her, like, working out is dead last. So, she's like, if I get to... And she works out a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, like, out of a, out of five things, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're maybe going to get to three. Prioritize your three. 
working out or this is not one of them. She's like, I always care about my sleep and I always care about this and I always care about this. Yeah. It's like, it's we don't all have the same 24 hours, but I'll stop myself. <laughs> like, you may work from home and you work out of the office, so you don't have a, you're like, you, you don't have a commute and you do. But then, like I said, maybe you have kids that have after school activities and like special, you have a special needs kids that has appointments or you have like, like mm-hmm. everybody has different factors. And the you bottom can, line is you don't fucking know. Yes. It's like, it's no, stop with this fucking, yeah. like trying to even the playing field so you can make others look lazy. Mm-hmm. Fuck off with that shit. Yeah. My cousin, he worked from home. And once people were starting to go back to work, then he worked from home three days a week and then went into the office two days a week. And one of the interesting challenges we talked about was that like when he saw a lot of people starting to work from home, he was like, God, I'm so jealous. Like the idea that I could work from home and then go work out for half an hour or do my laundry in the middle of the day or, you know, and it was a lot of that stuff. And then when he started doing it, he was like, Oh shit, there's a whole other level of of challenges that exist in this. He felt like he didn't have structure in his day. It was hard for him to keep, you know, team kind of morale and work ethic up when there was less communication amongst the team. Or it becomes was... hard to separate your mm-hmm. your actual life with your work life because it's all in one space and you're not drawing yeah. the lines as mm-hmm. much. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah he there's felt a whole like lot he of... wasn't as like he wasn't as productive in his day because he was literally just like, uh, it's three o'clock. Uh, I'm going to go do laundry. And then he'd end up doing laundry for an hour and a half and being like, well, it's time for me to clock out, you know? Yeah. So once again, the I guess the running through theme of all of this, you just don't fucking know. And at the end of the day, it's really none of your business. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Whew. That turned into a lot more. I I cried. There you go, guys. Hey, broke the streak. Yeah, the two we tracker. I was, a, I was on a good run there for a bit, but you know, <laughs> guess I broke it. As yep. I told you guys about my uh, <laughs> my teenage <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, trauma. Yeah, I feel like we got some good like conversation in at the end, though. Mm-hmm. So, anything else you got, my dear? Nope. Mildred? I've thoroughly dumped my trauma on you guys enough for one day. Mildred, do you have anything? She's under the bed. She's laying under our new bed. Yep. All right. Well, as usual, feel free to buy us a pickle or a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash diggingupthedug. Send us a message at diggingupthedugers at gmail.com. Enjoy episode visuals and Mildred-related content on Instagram at Digging Up the Duggers Pod. I like that you did the Sunday Scaries thing again. That was real good. Yeah, it'd been a while since I'd yeah. done that. So yeah, promote some interaction. I feel mm-hmm. like people get to like participate. It takes a bit cool. of work, but it's fun when it's fun when we do it. Yeah, definitely. And of course, we do have a PO box, uh, which is PO Box five nine seven three, Glendale, Arizona eight five three one two. So. Have a wonderful weekend. And you know what? Eat whatever the hell you want. Eat, yeah, and you know what? And everybody can shut the fuck up. Have some Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Have some Kool-Aid. <laughs>